Blog Talk Radio. conversation with Sammy Harris on YouTube and he said that you can pick any inspiring character from fiction even a comic book character and use that image to change your life so I want you to listen to this it's a great opportunity here's this example you could get up tomorrow morning say to yourself I'm going to view every situation that I encounter today through the lens of this question what would Spider-Man do what would Spider-Man do? So you can walk into a Starbucks and you feel kind of neurotic about meeting the barista. You know, you're a nervous person. You're having trouble making eye contact. But then you ask yourself, what would Spider-Man do? How would Spider-Man handle this situation? And you say to yourself, if I knew that I could take down everybody in this place if I wanted to, and I could shoot a web and fly over a building, if I knew that about myself, how would I navigate each subsequent moment here? Harris says that this is going to change your psychology. He's a neuroscientist, by the way. At least he was at one time. Anyway, he says that will change your psychology, and you can do it with stories that are completely fictitious. You don't have to find some hero in history. It can be all made up because your mind is plastic, and stories can have a powerful effect on it, especially if they're repeated over and over again. So you really know what Spider-Man would do. So the next time, you know, you're making a cold call and you feel kind of nervous, you just have to ask yourself, what would Batman do? Or what would Jerry do? Right? Speaking of which, Jerry, Jerry! What show is this? The Recruiting Animal here that was a tape anyway i want to he never he never shows up but he keeps asking for money always wants to get paid <laughs> anyway i want to thank my sponsors since jerry's not here to interrupt me martin snyder the boss at pc recruiter the swiss army knife of recruiting software nin tran n-i-n-h tran the c-o-o of hire chewel h-i-r-t-u-a-l the super-duper sourcing tool, and Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. And, you know, Jerry, uh, I was going to actually suggest to him that he use a new uh, shout, a new introduction to the show. What's that? Well, let me just open everybody's lines. Okay, I was going to tell Jerry that he should say something like this. Uh, when I said, Jerry, Jerry, what show is this? He would say, um, 
exposing the lies, delivering the truth, discover the real world of recruiting on the recruiting. And then he shouts the recruiting animal show. And I was going to have, have him try it right now to see how it works, but he's not here. So let's just move on. The guest today is our old friend, Rocky Recruiter. Rocky, are you here? I am here. Oh, just can anybody hear this guy, please? And can can people hear him? I kind of heard him. Yeah, you kind of heard him, Michael G. Cox. <laughs> you do me a favor. You're going to be his official interpreter, okay? If I can't hear what he says, you tell me what he says, okay? I mean, what kind of show is it when you can't? You know, I have to struggle to hear the guest. I'm not that smart to begin with, and that just distracts me, okay? How can I do a good show when I I have to struggle? To, what's he saying? Anyway, this guy's Twitter name is Rocky Recruiter, okay? And his real name is uh, Rocky Ricardo. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I have to say any more than that. Anyway, okay, Rocky, here's, you tell us what you do, and I want you to frame this as an elevator pitch. You only have a few seconds, and you don't want to bore us to death. What do you do? <laughs> All right. So, first of all, can you guys hear me? Can anybody I else hear him? No. <laughs> I barely, okay. Barely. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to scream so, or, or talk okay, a little good. Bit louder. Hey, good. So, so basically, um, I'm both in the sales. I'm, I'm a full desk recruiter. So, I do. I get the client in. Um, I fill the spots, and I have my team. I leave my team with uh, recruiting in the media space. Uh, okay, so, that's, so that's what I do. you weren't doing that before. I asked you before, you weren't doing any business development before. This is a new thing yep. for you. Am I right about that, yes or no? You're absolutely right, yep. Okay, so I mean like that, I didn't even plan any business development questions, but I'm going to ask you because this is good. You, you're learning business development, and you can teach us. Right. For people who are bad at it, you can teach us what you're learning, okay? So um, you were here before, you were sick, uh, you know, uh, I gave you a chance to come back and redeem yourself because uh, you had that virus bothering you. Uh, but before we get going, you know, everybody, I've had a few guests the last few weeks who said, I don't ask interesting questions, I'm boring, if the show goes wrong, it's my fault, so I'm going to give you a chance. Is there anything special that you want to talk about, especially that I, you know, that I never talk about. Go ahead. Sure. Well, not necessarily anything you don't talk about, but I think uh, you know maybe we can dive a little bit more into LinkedIn, which is a topic that uh, you know I know a lot of people. Go ahead. Would, uh, what, what do you want to tell us about LinkedIn? Go ahead. Yeah, just you know, just in general, how to frame out your um, your online presence. To your target audience, had to engage. Well, go ahead, tell us. No, we don't like uh, generalities here. You know, three weeks ago, I had a well, guest, I mean, and he told me after the show. I want you to listen to this. He after the show, he said, "Oh, I, I, you kept interrupting me. I wanted to give the big picture. You didn't give me a chance." I said, "On my show, you don't give the big picture. We like details. You don't say anything general. You say step by step by step. So if you want to tell us something about LinkedIn, get." specific right now sure all right well i'm gonna tell uh i'm gonna tell you how i landed one of the clients last quarter um right after i got off the show um i think you know i've been back probably three months it's been so how i did that is that i really took a look at my profile and i'm and i'm asking myself the question you know am i targeting this to the candidate or am i targeting this to the client so i became 
instead of becoming, I guess, uh, a profile for both, I kind of framed it out to, to more of the clients. So I redid my profile, as you probably would have saw, uh, seen. Um, I put a lot of the accolades that we have in the space, a lot of real uh, test cases from some of our clients showing, you know, prospective client what we have done in the space. And then what I did is that I tried to make myself more visible. So putting, you know, more content, uh, not just, you know, shared articles, which was what I used to do, which is okay, right? You get visibility, you become a... Um, so now you know, you're writing articles. You're writing articles. Is that what you're telling us? Uh, no, I only wrote one article. What I, what I'm yeah, I know. I know. I read it, and I'm going to ask you some questions about it. But let me tell you something sure. about your LinkedIn profile, because I was going to comment on it. I didn't want to be mean. I wanted to give you a chance to talk first. I actually used your old LinkedIn profile when I made up the show page because I couldn't figure out what you do in your new LinkedIn profile. I can't tell if you're a recruiter or some kind of software consultant. Uh, it's confusing right. to me. Okay, you didn't lay it yeah, out exactly. well, in my and, opinion. And I want to comment on that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point, and thanks for bringing that up. So, uh, you know, before I had obviously a lot of the recruiting, you know, specialties focused, what I have veered into is uh, our media consulting practice, which is basically um, a combination of both uh, software development, which we do in-house uh, through our team here, and then we do also uh, consulting under uh, client deliverables, meaning under their management and, and direction. You're boring me. Right? Okay, so, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Okay, Does anybody well, want to ask him a, a question? <laughs> I got a quick anybody question. Wanna... Go ahead. So do you, do you, Rocky, do you actually think that or, or believe or have proof that the people that you want to sell to your actual target clients are looking at your LinkedIn profile enough to actually invest that much time in it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I mean, I don't really have any real stats, to, to be honest. I mean, nobody does, but uh, that's how I landed two of the clients. Uh, how, tell big us clients the story. How did you land them? Uh, yeah, you were going to tell us. Well, how did, you, well, did someone they, just write you a note? How did you, you can, get the you client? So, to see who it is that looked at your LinkedIn profile, did they check out your profile before they signed up with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So that's how they actually reached out to me. And They that, reached you know, out to you. Correct. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, what I typically do on a daily basis, and I don't know if I went over this last show, but, you know, I have connections, right? I have connections. Uh, client-based connections, no candidates, uh, director or up, you know, usually director, VP. And specifically within that, you know, people that head up product or people that head up certain technology, uh, you know, verticals within the industry, for example, ad technology is a big one that I'm going I don't know after. what you're talking about. So, Do you, Michael G. Cox? What's he saying? Uh, I'm going to end up failing you as the translator here. Yeah, Sorry. translate. <laughs> What's he <Duh>. saying? <laughs> I don't know. Look, here's how people – yeah, you don't, neither do I. He's boring my audience to death. Look, here's how people come to you. If you put up a lot of articles, I guess they're going to maybe, if they find them interesting, check out your profile. What you did was you posted one article. You posted it a number of times. It's directed towards candidates, not towards clients, and you like – I checked all your activity. You like a lot of other people's articles. So maybe those guys mm -hmm. who wrote those articles, right. they check out what, what you're doing. How did these clients, if you can't tell us, don't bore us, 
How did they come to your profile? Do you know? It's a good question, Michael yeah. Peacock. Yes. So, so what I did is that I added them on LinkedIn. They viewed my profile, and they had some. Why? And what brought them to your profile? Do I have to shout louder? I, I just, I just told you, animal. I add them on LinkedIn. So when I add them, they go like, okay, well, who is this guy? They look at my summary, and that's probably, you know, what they got on the phone with me. I mean, what can I tell you? you and know? and who did you add? Did you add like, a, did you mention a company page, or did you mention an actual person at those organizations? Uh, no. No, he he added them. He he asked them for. He requested a connection on LinkedIn, and oh, that's I all it he took. Oh, I thought he added them. A T. You didn't mention them. You connected with them. Yeah, he Correct. connected with yeah. them. Okay. He connected so, so with that's them. That's all it takes, though, everybody. Uh, that's all it takes. Not for me. I could connect with a million people, and not one of them would give me a an assignment. But for this guy, something special about him. Okay. Moving on. Okay. What is your guarantee? The one of the guys who said that I asked boring questions, I said, "Well, what do you want to talk about?" He wanted to talk about his guarantee. How long is your guarantee, Rocky? What do you mean guarantee? <laughs> when you place somebody, if they uh, well, you're placing contract people, right? So maybe Correct. there is no guarantee. Okay. So you're Correct. not placing anyone yep. permanently. Okay. Again, you that's why someone... you probably don't know why my profile is framed that way because media or consulting is just that, right? It's contract, you know. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, uh, you, you know what? You know what? Here's what you should have done at the beginning. Sorry, everybody, if I'm boring you. Okay. I said, "What's your elevator? What's your elevator uh, speech?" And the first the word you came out of your mouth was basically. If someone says basically, that's over. They don't know what they're talking about. It's it's too vague. Basically, don't. Say that anymore. Get it out of your vocabulary. I'm a contract recruiter. I place people, IT people on contract, or I place tech people on contract to the media industry. Okay? That's uh, an elevator speech. Then I can ask you some questions, follow-up questions. At least I know what you're doing. I didn't know, and neither did anybody else. I guarantee it from what you told us. Okay? You're here to teach us something. Don't make me teach you. Okay. Animal, does he ever convert any of his contractors to firms? I don't understand yeah, what you what I, you I mean do. there, Kathy. Is that Carla? What what does that mean? Oh, Kathy, Kathy. That means okay. that you know he places the contractor on site, and the client wants to hire them at full time as their employee. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, answer we the do question. that all the time. Yeah. Okay. So it depends, actually. So if we're doing an H one B transfer, which is sometimes what we do in order to get somebody in our payroll. Uh, then we ask for a, a minimum of one year because we want to make, you know, the 5000 which is what it costs to transfer the, the candidate into our payroll plus our margin. So we want them, you know, at least there for about a year. If it's somebody that doesn't require additional, you know, like an H-1B transfer, then we'll just say six months and then you can convert them. So, yeah, we, we, okay. we do that sometimes. Okay. So uh, does he have a guarantee then, Kathy or Michael G. Cox, if he's That's transferring That's what I was wondering. Them? Yes. That's yeah, you have that's a uh, Kathy. That was a good question to dig that out. So he actually is placing people in a perm in, in some way. But let's forget that. He doesn't know anything about guarantees. You can tell. Do you have any I beliefs, can... Rocket, Rocket J Recruiter? Do you have any beliefs that most other recruiters don't seem to share? Do you see your, uh, you know, yourself as a, a black sheep in any way? No, no. You mean share information among the community or? 
Okay, so so you you think are you like a contrarian in any way? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I, if he knows so. I think so. I like to uh, challenge definitely some of the tactics that are being used. What does um, uh, I'm curious as far as uh, business development? What are some of the sales techniques that people talk about that you believe don't work? Well, basically just leading off with the candidates. I mean, look, it's not that it works. Um, I'm sure it does to some people, and that's what they do. Um, I'm sure that's what a lot of people here do. But, you know, for me, I mean, I try to really go get, uh, go for the, the client, you know, versus presenting a candidate to the client and kind of leading the relationship that way. It's just kind of what everybody else is doing. I mean, and if I put myself in – in their shoes, what they really want is, for example, in my field where I place contract people in media, they want somebody that has access to these people. You know, it's a pretty broad, I mean, it's a broad entertainment media publishing. It's a broad kind of industry, but um, it's very small, you know, so they know that having a specialist and uh, on hand will be uh, very beneficial. Hold on, Rocky, so if, if, you approach the, uh, 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 if you approach a company or, you know, let's say a hiring manager with an actual candidate from the industry, doesn't that kind of indicate that you've got a connection with people in that industry, which is you're saying you're showing that you've got a candidate or you've got a connection with the industry and you don't even go in with anybody, okay? How do yeah, you, man, how do you get problem. people? Michael here's J. Problem, I agree. Here's, here's the problem with that. A lot of recruiters are doing that, right? So when they spam somebody, they send them an email, they send them a connection request. Hey, I have, I have three candidates of mine for this role that are perfect fit. It's bullshit. You know, most of them don't even have him, you know, in, in, on hand, factually, from that industry. So basically, you know, they're being kind of desensitized, being sent out all these messages by recruiters, and they don't, you know, uh, they don't have anything on hand. Plus, they're not even going to get to the next round because they're just going to get ignored. Right, so that's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to. So how do you approach? Uh, uh, how do you approach? How do you approach people? Sure. Well, yeah, you know, I, I send them a lot of messages. I try to talk to them on a one-to-one level. I, I actually don't even sell on LinkedIn. Uh, to, to be honest, what I do is that I try to, you know, find out where they're from. I'm like, hey, by the way, you know, uh, you know, whatever, Kathy from from Comcast or whoever it is. You know, I know this person. You know, so I try to be referenceable, you know, and I speak to a lot of people um, every week, whether that goes anywhere, right? Michael uh, G. Cox, example, what is he saying? Accounts. Michael G. Cox, please help me. <laughs> he, uh, so a uh, follow-up question. You say you send a lot of messages. Are you talking about like through in-mail on LinkedIn? No, messages to connection. Oh, you can message them. You can message them. It doesn't have to be in mail. That's what he means. And what do you say in these messages? What do you say in these messages? Every message I get is from someone in India who wants a job in Canada. What do you say? I I just reference the people that I know. If I do know them and I've spoken to them, I reference maybe an article that they shared. Um, I reference maybe something they're working on. No, no. What do you mean reference? What do you mean reference? I reference an article, or I drop names. Yeah. Like, what? What do you mean? Put it. What words do you put into this message? Uh, it, it, again, everything. You know, I don't have a template. Okay, so if you're looking Hold on. for a no, template. No. You're, you're writing. You're um, writing to Michael G. Cox. What are you going to say in a message to Michael G. Cox? I don't know, because I don't know what articles he's posted. I don't know what product he's, he's working on. I don't know who he knows that I know. 
you follow what I'm saying? Okay. So what I'm tra- what I'm trying to tell no, you. No, I, I don't follow. I don't follow. I don't follow, and I'm well, losing here, my here, follow, audience. Follow in the meantime, I'm trying to figure out exactly. Here's follow what I this. think you're saying. Hey, okay. Michael G. Cox, I saw that article you posted, or you liked the same article as me about building a recruiting team or how to manage creative people. Uh, and you know, I liked your comment. Is that the kind of thing you're doing, sucking up to people? No, no. So I mentioned something about their article. Uh, not their article, for example, they share, you know, hey, we're growing our product team, we're working on this platform, it includes AI, VR, and I'm like, look, uh, you know, we're we're doing some cool stuff in that space for some of our clients, and I just let them know that I'm in the space. You, you know, told us you're not selling. That's selling. Well, that, that's, that's selling. selling. You know, it's, look, look, at the end okay. of the day, it's becoming referenceable. At the end of the day, is an animal bad word? I'm going to put you on hold while I do an ad, Okay. <laughs> Somebody, okay. Hey, everybody. Recruiting animal here. You know what? You remember that commercial? It used to be on a long time ago. Maybe you're not young, old enough to remember. Two wheel freedom on a Honda. You know, you start flying down the highway on your motorbike, and you have a wonderful feeling about being free. That's what it is. Two wheel freedom on a Honda. And you know what? That's a feeling that no one in history ever felt before modern technology put them in the driver's seat. Well, let me ask you this. Wouldn't you like to feel like that when you're working as well? Of course you would. And how can you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, okay? You need recruiting software that lets you shape your own road so it's not full of obstacles that you didn't put there. And which software lets you do that? My sponsor, PC Recruiter. You know why? Because PC Recruiter is configurable. It lets you shape your own workflow so you can work the way you want to work. And if you don't know how to configure the software yourself, if you're a bit dumb, the team at PC Recruiter will, (laughs) I'm sorry, it's true, will help you. They're very nice. You just have to tell them what you want, and you're on your way to recruiting freedom. So check them out, please, at PCRecruiter.net. And if Jerry was here, I would say he'd criticize this ad, but I would tell him that I checked with the company if they still wanted to keep paying me, and they said, yeah, they still want to sponsor the show. Okay, we're going back to our guest. I like him. You might not be able to tell from the way I talk, but Rocky Recruiter, I like him. He's a nice young guy, okay? <laughs> but, you know, that's that. the way the Recruiting Animal Show is. Jerry's not here to defend them. Michael J. Cox. Oh, gee, Michael G. Cox. Michael J. Cox. That's Michael J. Fox I'm thinking of. There you go. Uh, do you have a problem finding female tech candidates? I'm not asking for dates. I'm talking about for placements. Rocky, <laughs> do, you, do you have a problem finding no, female no, tech actually, candidates? Um, no, not at all. Not at all. What percentage of your candidates are women? I would say about 30, 30%. Oh, Really? Is anybody yep. want to comment on that? Is that odd? Is, that sounds pretty high to me. Anybody? No? Uh, I'm not familiar. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Okay. What I'll about Glassdoor? I mean, in IT, I mean, I, I do a lot of project product management, and there's a lot of female product managers. Um, oh, okay, but it's not development so, roles for the product manager role. No. Is that right? Is that, that That's right. Yep. Okay. But okay. that's a handful what about, of what I have, right, on hand, so... Um, that's why my about, percentage might be higher. Okay. What about Glassdoor? Thanks for clarifying. What about Glassdoor? Is Glassdoor very important to you? 
Uh, not really. Because no, have you ever had a candidate? You. Have you ever had a candidate who rejects a company that you, um, you know, talk to him or her about because of what she saw on Glassdoor? I had I had a couple instances. Uh, actually, I'm placing a candidate right now. This is a uh, full-time role. I don't really do those, but she went into Glassdoor and she saw Look Management. I saw some of the reviews. They said, you know, middle management, you know, sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you're going to look at some reviews from disgruntled employees, which is what I think personally 70% of what Glassdoor is, is just disgruntled employees. I mean, obviously you're going to have, you know, every organization have its set of challenges and set of people because this is a, you know, they're led by people. They're led by other humans. So, um, so you know, I, I told her, look, just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, just I'm going to put you in front of the panel. You're going to see everybody that you're going to be interfacing with, and you make your decision. I mean, but don't go by, you know, something you look on on a review. That's probably 70% disgruntled employees, right? So okay. that's my take. Okay. On it. So that's what I. Think. Okay. So you to you tell them just you just dismiss Glassdoor. Look, these are anonymous reviews. You can't yeah, trust absolutely. them. Just ignore them. Make up your own mind. That's your point of view, and it works yes. according to you. Yeah. Anybody yes, want to comment on that? Anybody else on the show want to talk about that? Anybody? No? Well, no? Not one person. Okay, Rocky, come on. Get my audience on to something they want to talk about, okay? <laughs> you, you, you told me to be, you know, you know what's funny? You told me to be uh, direct. So when I give a direct response is when... I like that. You know what? I thought what you just told us. No, no, I got to tell you, that's the best thing you said so far. You told us how you handle a real situation, okay? Uh, yeah. Do you think this is true? This is something that was written by the guest I had on last week. He wrote, people who appear confident are often just unaware of their limitations. It's, it's some, you know, dope who, you know, thinks more of himself than, you know, he should. And that's the people who come across as being so confident. And recruiters put a lot of trust in that. They love to see confident people. He said, you know, that's why you shouldn't be trusting your subjective impressions of of people, do you think that's true that people who appear confident, you know, are are actually bogus? You know, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I think there's a handful of people like that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you're looking for somebody that projects confidence because he instills it on other people that he works with. Depending on the role, I mean, it's, I'm looking at this from a recruiter standpoint, but I think uh, you know, you want somebody that can get the job done and, and be confident. You know, and why not? If you can get the job done, be confident, and you just got to vet out the the candidate. You know, so you being confident. Be, so look, even if you don't have skills, if you're a manager, you, I, this is what I hear you saying. Even if you don't have all the skills you think you have, if you're confident, just that confidence is a virtue that's worth uh, taking into consideration when you're hiring because it's going to inspire a team. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And the confidence okay. in himself, maybe not his skills. But in himself, and and that's typically, you know, what most of these roles require is not somebody that, for example, knows how to handle Jira, a project management tool, but for example, can learn it and is confident in his ability to lead the team and learn it and do whatever it takes. And that's where uh-huh. I come from in my entire career. Okay. You know, I'm not, okay. I, I don't, you know, I'm not your most technical, you know, I don't know a bunch of software or whatever or processes. I came into recruiting, as you know, uh, about a year ago, um, and you know. And I and I try to I learn don't quickly. Know. Don't keep saying yeah. you know. Don't say at the end of the day. Don't say basically, okay? Okay, got what it. What about – this is something else he said. 
This guy said years of experience or education, years of experience or education are very weak predictors of performance. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Wow. Who said wow? Who said wow? Your translator. (laughs) I agree with the translator. (laughs) Okay, so so you don't agree. So Michael G. Cox. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to be direct, but it, it requires an explanation. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I, I feel like people that I have worked with in the past, you know, X amount of years of experience, X amount of times, I mean, you know, it, it really doesn't indicate um, what they can do now. You know, and, and I say that because a lot of people, um, you know, that have experience or that, that come in with a certain knowledge and you know, they, they don't have, you know, for example, some of the drive that they used to have. And, and, I, and I see that in a lot of people. Unless they carry the drive and they can use that knowledge that they have, which is so valuable, uh, but it can only be put in application if they have the drive to do so. Okay. You tired old, tired old people out. Michael G. Cox, <laughs> over to you. Michael G. Cox. <laughs> I, I think, okay, so obviously we cannot discount experience and know-how. Um, Yes, without drive or uh, that intrinsic drive to succeed today, sure, it's not going to be something that's going to serve anybody in that position. That being said, I'm sure if Rocky was a betting man, he would bet on the horse that's run a few races before. Um, So I would... I would say, you know, you hear people like Simon Sinek talking about you don't hire for skill, you hire for attitude, you can always teach skill. Well, the guy that actually holds the purse string, uh, the, let's say the CEO, the hiring manager is actually going to say something like, go ahead and find me somebody that has a great attitude and the skill. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I agree with you, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the point so is, Michael I mean. G. Cox, I, I let, me, I, let me argue I mean, with Michael G. Cox. Hold on a sec. The point is, it's not a question of whether he has a skill, but is years of experience the indicator of that? Lou Adler, the famous, he says the best people only spend a couple of years in each role. They're so good, they get promoted onto something else. So you look at this guy, hey, he's only got two years in this, two years in that. He's a job hopper. That's not true. It's deceptive. Years of experience don't always reveal the uh, quality of the candidate. Okay. That's well, if, some people if, if they have, if they have five years or let's say ten years experience, but during that ten years they've been with uh, fifteen different employers in seven different sectors, and each of those jobs was not related, then I would argue that no, that experience really doesn't add up to very much. But mm-hmm. if their experience is progressive in in similar industries and verticals, then that starts to certainly build clout and experience and skill and know-how. Kathy, yeah, do you want to comment? Kathy? Oh, I, I Kathy. totally agree with Michael. I mean, I, he okay. said it perfectly. He said it perfectly. That doesn't happen okay. very often, by the way. Yeah. Okay. But you know, okay. I agree. You know, but animal, that you're right. I mean, the days of having you know ten years, fifteen years experience at one company is a detriment because people feel that, or recruiters in general, I think, feel that it would be hard to get the people to if they from that company to adapt to a new company culture. 
They're stuck in a rut. That's all it means if they've been doing the right. same thing for a long time. Right. Okay. Right. Here, everybody, I've, there, here's a, an email. Uh, Rocky, are you with me? Can you hear me? I'm with you. Okay. Here's an email. Hey, Animal. Yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping yeah. off. I'm going to try and call back in in a few minutes. Okay. So don't play your ad for us. Okay? I'm, I'm not going to play the Dayhill. ad. <laughs> we know you work Bye. for Dayhill. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, thank, thank you, Michael G. Cox. Okay, yes, Rocky, here, here you go. Here's a recruiting email. I'm going to read, read it. Someone else wrote it. Dear candidate, whatever the person's name is, I see that you've been with ABC Company for four years as a software engineer, but have you given thought about your next step, given any thought about your next step in your career? The role I'm working on would be perfect for you if you would like to be an engineer on a team, that is, rebuilding a Hadoop stack for the world's premier big data analytics company. I would be happy to share the details with you. Thank you, signed recruiter. Do you like that? Does that sound good? Is that a good uh, first contact? Um, I think it was okay. Um, just okay. It didn't bowl you over. Yeah, I think it was just okay. It's just you know I, I try to keep you know things one or two sentences. I try to really uh, sell it on the subject line. Is what I have found the the best open rates and and the best response and getting them actually on the phone. Uh, I think it was okay. I mean, it's something I probably okay. Uh, what you, what are the subject lines that you like to use then? Give us the uh, depending give us the on depending on what uh, the client is building. I try to go around that and and I only target people in media. So I would specifically put what platform next generation let's say tv platform no 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 give us a real example don't make me beg all the time for real words no generalities on the recruiting animal show <laughs> okay I'll okay give you, i'll give you one uh this this is a three-month uh, remote position with a possibility to be on site um out of denver so i put a hundred percent remote opportunity for the next generation of tv platforms so that's what i would put on the subject line and then i would just put um you know, hey, you know, we'd like to talk to you uh, about this, blah blah blah, and you know, call me seven eight six, whatever. Um, so you the tell them, you tell them everything in the subject line. Tell us that one again. I want to hear it again, nice and loud. Well, that that's that's what it is. It's a hundred percent remote opportunity for TV platforms. Obviously, you know, I don't put you know the location. Um, I sometimes do. I sometimes don't because. I want to I wanna make sure I get them on the phone and find out what they're looking for because I might have another spot that, that could be a good potential. Um, so, you know, I found out that it works for me, you know. Okay. I get good I'm going to ask you when I come back from the next ad, I'm going to ask you what mail tracking software you use because you said I get a good response with this approach. I, and I, like, I like your approach in the subject line. I personally like it. If someone doesn't, time to speak up. But – um, you said you get a good response. I'm wondering how you measure it. What's your mail tracking software? Tell me after I tell everybody about my fantastic cl- client, my client, my sponsor, Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. It is a super duper sourcing tool. You don't have to trust me. Just go on Facebook to any recruiting group. There's people talking about it all the time, and they're all raving about it. Okay? And I've told you a million times, I keep saying to Nin, I said, what are you paying me for? You don't need me to rave about HireTool when everyone's doing it for free. What is HireTool? Let me tell you. It's a total 360 
sourcing tool. You go to HireTool.com, you put in your search requirements in regular English. It automatically builds a search string for you, searches all the important websites, LinkedIn, Facebook, GitHub, blah, 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 blah. Then it returns a list of candidates ranked from best to worst. It guesses what salaries they're earning right now. It guesses which candidates or which people are going to be most interested and most ready to make a move. It also gives you all kinds of contact information. Everybody raves about its ability to give you personal email addresses, work email, and personal and work phone numbers. And you know what? You can check those things out for free by going to HireTool.com, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, and getting their free Chrome extension, okay? So check them out, please. Hire Tool. They say Hire Tool. HireTool.com. Okay, what mail tracking tool do you use to tell us that you get a good response on certain kinds of subject lines? Sure. I uh, use HubSpot. HubSpot for my tracking. What um, is it? I I, see, I can't email. hear you. I can't it's hear you. HubSpot. HubSpot. Yeah. Okay. Is it yeah, free? Is that free or do you pay for it? They have uh, – I use the free version, but there's a version you can pay for. I think you get more uh, features or whatever. But okay. I use the one But you're free. happy right now with the free version at HubSpot. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. I don't send a lot of e emails. I mean most of what I do, and that's something I want to talk to you about, I mean it's mostly sales at this point. And and I handle the, the actual lead recruiting, which basically just means educating my team and who to find. So I have a team of sourcers, and, and they're the ones that are really going out there. I mean, I, I go out there when it's needed, and the roles are very difficult a lot of times. Uh, so I, you know, I, I take the charge, but I don't send a lot, a lot of emails for recruiting. So you're, uh, so these, And the sales, you already told us your sales are primarily through LinkedIn. Is that correct? That's right. So you're uh, you're a social selling expert at this point already. Is that that's your your Absolutely real milieu? Not. Social selling. <laughs> Absolutely not. But what I can tell you is that I have gotten two clients out of LinkedIn in the last four months. Oh no! But you're approaching your peer, the people you're approaching for business. You're approaching them on LinkedIn through these messages. That's what you told us, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. You don't you you don't cold call. Do you cold call people? No. No. So it's all messaging on LinkedIn. All messaging right. on LinkedIn. Is that right? That's right. Hmm. Really? Okay. What about, uh, I'm going to go way off topic, have you ever thought of getting a standing desk? Do you have a desk that sits and stands, goes up and down, or just sitting? No, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. I, I'm planning on getting that uh, Christmas day. So, um, or Christmas, so you, told, you told your mom you want a, a standing desk for Christmas? Is yeah. It? <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, okay. why not? Coming back. I mean, I work from back. home, so, you know. So. Oh, you do? I didn't know you worked Maybe. from home. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I bought a standing desk yesterday. I have. I bought it at Ikea. I didn't put it together yet, but I couldn't get the top into the car. It was just too big. And you know what? They charged me 80 bucks to ship it to my home. <laughs> Unbelievable. It cost $60, and they charged me 80 to bring it. So I had no choice. Unbelievable. That's okay. a pretty good price, though. I mean, it's standing no, no, no. $60, like $60 was just the tabletop, okay? And I didn't get the automated standing desk. Uh, I got the one you crank up. 
it cost me around you know two seventy plus one of those special floor mats that you get. Those they give you a, for forty bucks a, a mat that you stand on, and it, it it's it's very nice. Right. It relaxes your feet. Okay, but the automated one costs here about five hundred and sixty dollars. Anyway, but let me move back to LinkedIn. What kind of uh, account do you have? Since you're sending so many messages, what kind of account are you using on LinkedIn? Um, I have a LinkedIn sales navigator. Um, I think uh-huh. I have the uh, professional version. I have about uh-huh. 60 emails on my sales navigator um, account. How, and I use how that much? Mostly how much do you pay? 60, how much? 60 a month. 60 emails a month. Oh, 60 um, emails, but how much money are you paying them a month? I don't know. My company pays for it. Um, okay. I think it's about 60 bucks a month, uh, <laughs> somewhere around there. Yeah, okay. They're, they're not splurging. Okay, so uh, let me ask you something. Do people ever get mad at you when you're approaching them? Do they ever say, stop bugging me? No, never. Okay. Never. What if yeah. they did? Do you have a thick skin? Could you handle it if somebody got mad at you? I mean – you know, yeah, I mean, what am I going to say? You know, just I just I just ignore them. <laughs> I'm not going to go into a heated battle on LinkedIn messages. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, if if they're not feeling themselves, you know, at that point in time, then, you know, look, all my all my messages are genuine. I mean, I spend a lot of time on this platform. You know, I, I spend 10 hour days a lot of times just on LinkedIn and, and making sure I'm visible and I'm and I'm putting together the right message for the right person. And that's what I do. You know, so I'm not going to really get somebody that's like, you know, uh, fuck off. You, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just not those messages that I send. Again, I don't sell on LinkedIn. I try to build a relationship, and I try to be referenceable to an article, to what they're working on. If they have some hiring needs that I see on LinkedIn through Sales Navigator, and that's typically my, you know, my activity. So um, it's just about helping them, right? And and if I can be that trusted source, then then you know they have no reason to be mad at me. Okay, right? some but, people, but anyways, some people, yeah. some people, some people say that face-to-face meetings really give people a chance to get you know, get to know you better, and you can make a bigger impression on them. And obviously, you're not going by that, and you're in a position. You, you work primarily in the Miami area, so if you wanted to go out and meet people all day, you could, right? But you don't. Why not? Well, I do go to a lot of networking events. I go to one a month. Uh, but, you know, finding my target audience there, it's, it's very slim. I mean, I'm trying to connect with the director, VP Level and Technology for media companies. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of clients that we have down here, but uh, they don't go to these networking events. So one of the no, things no. that I I'm saying, put together, call up Bill. I'm going to drop by and visit you for 15 minutes. I'm going to bring you a coffee. What do you like? You, you don't do that? No, no. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I find a lot of times when you're cold calling these people, they don't answer their. Yeah, I do have a seven eight six number, so that that that's potentially good. Uh, but you know, it's not. That's not what part if you of my just set. showed up at the office? What if you just showed up at the office? I, I want to see Bill for fifteen minutes. You don't think he'd let you in? I think so. I mean, if I if I come in with the purpose and confidence, I mean, I don't really. Yeah. So why, why aren't you doing that. that? You don't believe that face to face is worthwhile, worth the time of no, getting in the car and driving around. What? I do. I just, I just don't do that. I just don't do that. Why not? If it's worthwhile, on. why don't you do it? You're working in a local uh, area. Well, you're not working let, let nationally. Let me ask you a question. If you're, if you're trying to get really good at one channel, 
which for me is LinkedIn, and you already have two clients in the last four months, would you rather make sure you perfect that channel and make it predictable than try to uh-huh. you know, go out and spend two hours on traffic, which Miami traffic is horrible at any time um, by the airport? So you're, you're going to spend a good hour just on the highway. You know, uh-huh. for a, so, so, I mean, I would rather do that when I'm here at my house than spend three hours outside for Okay. A meeting that okay. may or may not happen. Yeah, you made your point. Questions. Thanks. You gave me a straight yeah. answer. I like I like that. Yeah. Here's something else though. Um I forgot what I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> I forgot what I oh yeah, it, yeah. it was uh yeah. yeah. When you unbelievable. Yeah, when you <laughs> uh, had something to do with approaching uh approaching people. Mm. When approaching candidates. Uh oh yeah, here it is. Ted Bauer, I don't know if you know him. He's a, a writer. He writes about HR issues. He, he quoted this company, Hogan Assessments. They're a famous company. And he said that a huge number of people really, I think it was 75% of people allegedly don't like their direct bosses. And 65% of them, according to some survey, would rather have a different boss than get a pay raise. So people don't like their bosses. They would really like to trade them in. Do you think – I've never heard of anyone selling a job or a new opportunity on that basis. Hi, would you think you'd like to you know, check out a new management style or uh, a new uh, – you want a new boss? I mean, why doesn't anybody sell that way since it, these guys are claiming that it's the primary motivator? What do you think? It feels like you're, you're trading a slave – to another slave master. That's what it feels like. I mean, that's the wrong approach. If somebody ever told me that, I would just ignore them completely. Just, no, just I think there's the value that. in that. I mean, if the candidate says his reason, one of the reasons for possibly considering another position is he doesn't get along with his boss. So then, my, of course, my selling point would be how great the team is at the company that I'm working for and elaborate on that. Yeah, no, and, and that's right. I mean, I would do the same, but that's after the fact. But if somebody came to me without knowing me, without knowing what I'm going through, and try to sell me on putting me to another boss, I mean, that that's just it's just not a good approach. For, for Hold me. on, seventy-five percent, know, according to these guys, seventy-five percent of people don't like their bosses. It's a good bet that three quarters of the people you're calling. Uh, really aren't happy where they are working for that person. How come nobody takes it? Maybe it's not true, but how come, if it is, nobody takes the approach of, hey, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to see what it's like to work for someone else. And the person might just say, you're going to put me from the frying pan into the fire. I don't know, but I'm going to do an ad. I forgot. You distracted me. For Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, H-O-N-E-I-T, Honeit, is phone interview technology. Here's how it works. The candidate and the recruiter, they call into the interview. Just they make a regular phone call. They have their regular interview. Here's the thing. It's recorded, so you have an audio recording, and it's automatically turned into a a transcript, a written transcript, so you can read it and search it as well for keywords. And you don't have to worry about, oh, no, uh, I can't type fast enough. I can't write. I can't get all the notes. I'm going to miss a detail. That's over. You never have that problem again when you're using Hone It. It makes the interview a lot more fun. And you know what? If you don't understand something, doesn't matter. You've got it on tape. You've got it in, in the text. 
you can ask somebody after the interview, what did he mean exactly by this technical term? I don't understand. And if you get to a part of the interview that is really important, the key questions, you just press a button before you ask the question, and then you press a button after you've got the answer, after that part of the discussion is over, and it turns it into a clip. So you can pass these clips over to the hiring manager, anybody else on the hiring committee, and they can hone in on the key parts of the conversation if they want to. Okay? So if you want to go there to hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T.com, and get a demo, they'll actually give you two free weeks if you say that you heard about them on the Recruiting Animal Show. Hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T. Nick Livingston is the guy there, and he's a, a good guy. I like him. Okay, back to Rocky. We're almost done. Or Kathy, anybody on the show, is there something uh, we haven't struggled over that, you know, we should have been talking about? Anybody want to, you know, chime in? Anybody? You know, Recruiting Animal's boring, but I have a better idea of what we should be talking about. Nobody? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, Rocky, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, not not anything in particular. I mean, um, no. uh, if you want to continue talking about LinkedIn, I'd be more than happy. Well, yeah, yeah if you've got something. What I'm doing well, well, you know what? Since you're collecting all these people's names, do you ever think about creating a, an email pipeline where you actually get their email addresses and send out uh, a little newsletter or something like that on a monthly basis? I do. So what I'm doing, uh, that's a good question. What I'm doing with some of our current clients is that I'm collecting uh, all the key decision makers uh, within technology or maybe you know, the business counterparts, which is digital. Um, and I'm sending them an email and letting them know, look, we're an approved vendor for we have certain contractors under post-production systems group, Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can't. I, you know what? Here. I can't make out anything yeah. you're saying. Okay, so unfortunately, I'll ask you about you, the you uh, article. That it's too fuzzy. It's not loud enough. It's not clear enough. That's why Maureen always oh, no. insists on having a landline. Okay, yeah, I know you work this way, and it works for you. It doesn't work for me. You know, maybe my ears aren't any good. But here's what you said, and you wrote an article about your advice to candidates. Now, I suggest that you write, if you want to appeal to managers, you should start writing articles about how to hire, not how to present yourself. But here's what you said. If an agency recruiter contacts you for a role via email, don't expect them to give you the client's name without some phone dialogue. So I'm on the impression then you don't, you don't call people anymore, but when your people in your company contact candidates, the first thing they say is something like, Who's the company? You're telling people don't do that, right? So when so, someone said to you, who's the company? I'm a recruiter. Or, you, you know, uh, I, I, I want to interest you in this position. If they said, who's the company, what would your comeback be? Yeah, so, I mean, look, I don't, I don't get to any of those. But when I do, I had that happen to me yesterday. Um, and what I told the candidate was, um, you know, look, would like to spend a few minutes on the phone with you, let you know more about the company. Um, it's a household name in the media, in a very big company established. It's by your neck of the woods. Um, just hear me out. You know, and I try so to hold on, do you, tell, do you tell do you tell them the company? Are you guys free to tell them the company name when you call? Yeah, sure. I mean we can tell them Oh, okay, so it's want. not an issue I mean, for you. Well, you should have just said, Hey, that's not an issue. Okay? Yeah, no, that's not an issue, but I'm not gonna tell them the company name. 
and then they go behind it and say, okay, well, I'll just directly apply it. I just asked if you're allowed, and you said yes. Okay, so so you say – you, you, so you give them just some general information about the company, and you, and you just say, I'd like to chat with you about yourself before we talk about the company. Is that what you talk about? Is that what you say? I would like to chat to them about everything, about themselves, the company, the career run, runway, what I know, you know? Um, and I okay, think let me move on. You know, okay, fair. here's so, you also say, so. wait a second, you also say um, – you 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 say to them you get a couple dozen uh, a couple of do- dozen calls and emails from recruiters that don't know what they're doing. I know that. How do you how do you know that they get calls from recruiters who don't know what they're doing? Well, the talent that I'm always reaching out to. I mean, when I ask them, um, they they receive these many calls and emails apparently. And and why not? I mean, they should because they're coming out of great companies. They've been there for a while. No, they have not been there for 10-plus years. A lot of them are 5-plus, and they're coming with a very specialized No, no, I said, you said uh-huh. recruiters are stinky. They're no good. How do you know that? How do you know that lousy recruiters are, are contacting these, these people? Because you said to the candidates well, in your article, I know you're getting a lot of calls from recruiters who don't know what they're doing. How do you know that? I, it's true because I'm in technology, and in technology you have these Indian recruiters that just send you dear blah blah blah. Here's the job wreck, and they don't they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I mean, I see this on your forum all the time. You know, where you post, you know, this uh, sparkling email about an Indian recruiter that reached out or whatever that that clearly doesn't know what the hell you know they're doing. So, um, you know, that's a fact that we all know. You know, within IT, I'll I'll, I'll be I don't know any other function, but within IT, I know that this is true. To, to okay. With okay. Party okay. So. Okay. Finding well, you hey, also hey, say animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think even if they're not receiving a lot of those calls from recruiters, that little line kind of helps to normalize it, um, and then it can also create some intrigue. Like if they're not receiving lots of calls from recruiters, whether those recruiters are shitty or not, what it can create in that candidate is a little intrigue about, well, why are they not contacting me? And maybe I should pay attention to this guy. Uh-huh. I think you're a little too subtle in this, uh, Michael G. Cox. <laughs> I don't think that's too intriguing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen, let's get He's to his next right statement. For sure. Before we get to I the agree. end of the show, He's, here's what he says. Finding and attracting the right person is 10% of the job. That's speaking of recruiters, finding and attracting the right person is 10% of the job. I thought that's 90% of the job. Can you explain yourself? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's a good point. And, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like 90% of it is, you know, after you find a person and after they have some interest on the job, I mean, there's scheduling involved. There's a lot of timing. You've got to make sure you set the right expectations. You know, as you all know, you're, you're veteran recruiters. I mean, a lot of things can happen beyond the point of just sourcing. And, and I feel like a really good recruiter spends a lot more time or spends a lot more focus or you know, focuses his skills in making sure that the deal happens, right? Making sure that the person that they're presenting is not going to flake out because of X and Y. Make sure he checks all the boxes. If it's a reload, make sure he asks the questions about the family and uh, you know where their comp structure is. What what will be the line in the sand? If it 
if they're coming from a compensation perspective versus culture. So, you know, I feel like it's a lot of this, you know, and, and I think that 10% of the job is just sourcing. I mean, sourcing for me is just, it's, it's not, you know, it's not as important as the 90%. So, so, so a large part of the job for you is just that, hand-holding, is hand-holding and making sure that Absolutely. everybody understands what's going on. Uh, I don't think I agree, Absolutely. but, you know, I think that's your point of view. Here's something else. To the end of the article, you say, we don't carry, this is what you're speaking to the candidate about your own company. You say, we don't carry a heavy load, so we spend more time with the butter knife than HR. We spend more time with the butter knife than HR. Is that like a Miami kind of thing? I have never heard that before. I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look at the, the first sentence, I speak about it's our bread and butter. And and it's true. I mean, I speak to a lot of agency recruiters that don't have, you know, 23 job regs to work on, real job regs, you know, that they're either retain or contingent uh, searches on. And, you know, we have maybe, you know, let's say five or six going on at the same time. So we can spend a lot more focus um, into finding these people than an HR person that has, you know, gazillion, uh, you know, 30-plus job regs to sell for different managers. So, you know, when I talk yeah, what about that, what knife, is that? What does that have to do with the butter knife? You're screwing well, with I'm, my I'm mind, okay? Yeah, the okay. bread and butter, it's our bread and butter, so I just reference the yeah. butter knife. Okay. It's, have you ever read cute. any books yeah. about recruiting? Have you ever read any books about recruiting? Um, I think there's a lot of books that are not about recruiting that are very uh, similar. Uh, you know, how to win friends, influence people. Um, yeah. Another one I like. I really like, which I suggest everybody here to read, is The Gold Standard by Ari Gold. And uh, that book really got me dialed in uh, into the sales, into more of the sales aspect of recruiting. And what the book, the premise of the book is actually fictional. It's from a fictional character out of a show called Entourage, which I don't know if any of you have great show. It, but it's a great show. Great show. Yeah. So it's actually made by Ari Gold, the fictional character. And, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's a very funny uh, – I have the audiobook as well. It's a very funny audiobook and book, but there's so many gold nuggets there, pun intended, in yeah. how to actually develop an account and how to and, – and, you know, and one of the quotes that he talks about is that you're not selling talent here because he owns a talent agency or um, he used to own one. Um, you sell heat, and, you, and the heat in the candidate, I feel like – the career trajectory. Well, I, I don't know. The only it. I've seen the show. I saw. I liked. I liked that show. And uh, all he ever seemed to do was scream and, and swear. I mean, like I think I'm halfway there yeah. already. Yeah. You're not allowed to yeah. swear yeah. on this show. Next question. No, I, I'm, I'm with you, but I promise. Final you, final, you question. Really final question. Yeah. Final question. Final question. Since you just said you hire a number of women, do you believe that there's a bias against mothers? In recruiting, I read just the other day, when job candidates are equal, except for a subtle indication that the candidate is a parent, being a mother reduces the candidate's chance to get offered a job by 37%. Being a mother, not a father, reduces the chance that a candidate is going to get offered the job by 37%. Do you agree with that? I I have no comment. I don't know. I really don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it really depends on, you know, where they're at in their career, what their level of responsibility is. I mean, if you're a manager or people or a manager of managers, you know, you're going to be required to, you know, be more on speed dial uh, at later hours of, 
you know, 40-hour work week. And, you know, well, I think... So, yeah, so you said it's bullshit. Now you're supporting reasons but why moms are well, not as available as single people. Michael G. Cox, final... We're going to do a little survey. Michael G. Cox, any opinion? Is it harder for moms? I'm good. I'm about to... I'm good. Oh, um, I, I'm sure that bias does exist. And it is very dangerous, but um, yeah, it's just I, a bland statement. Honest. You don't want to say anything, Kathy. Prejudice <laughs> against moms. Um, I don't have anything to say about that, really, either. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Rocket J Recruiter. Thank you. I just same old thing. I, as a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm going to now take to my desk, and I am in a state of constant listening, learning, and applying. That's.